0: This is Rugby matrix America. Welcome everybody, this is Alex Goff from RugbyMag.com and Rugby Magazine. And we've been away for a while, and most of that is my fault because I've been spending all this time trying to revamp our website, which is finally done and finally up, so go to the new RugbyMag.com and see what we've done with it. We've, we've launched a new premiere section, we've also made it just look nicer, and hopefully you like it. Uh, I got uh, one of my toughest critics on the website. Uh, who's Very useful for that is also on this show, and that is Bruce McLean. And so, so Bruce, are you there?
1: Yeah, I'm here. I'm uh, yeah. I think I think that website's gonna take a little bit of getting used to for me. It's better than <laughs> what you had, but I, I I believe that I still believe that it can be better yet, and I think that you're looking to make it better yet, and constantly. Unfortunately, I am not in a position that I normally am in at this time of year to be discussing playoffs and playoff ramifications, but we do have somebody who has given me tremendous scouting reports, who who has treated me quite well when I was in Atlanta, and unfortunately my team has not been able to execute as well as his team. And therefore, his team is in the playoffs, and they will be playing Boston Rugby Club in Boston this weekend to determine who is going to get home field advantage in the Eastern Conference playoffs. And I would like to welcome back to the show James Isaacson, the head coach of the Life University Super League side. Welcome, James.
2: Hi, guys. Nice to be back.
0: James, it's great to have you, and uh, we, we do have the big game coming up, and just a real uh, quick look at what you expect from the Boston match. You've already played Boston once, and you, you defeated them down in Marietta, and now you're going to Boston to play a second game, and, and if, they, if they beat you with a bonus point and deny you bonus points, then they get home field advantage in the semifinal in the week following. So tell us a little bit about what you expect from this game.
2: Basically, guys, um, I'm not, you know, I'm just going to go up there and win. Um, I'm not thinking about you know any, any ramifications of any different results, any permutations as such. Um, we're going up there to, to win the game, and um, as we always do in every game we played this season, we're going to go out and win. Um, you know, I'm, I'm 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 an old school type of player and, and therefore coach. Um, and you know it's just, it 's just always has been about winning games for me, and the bonus point system came through halfway through my career so and you know you'll you 'll get that type of answer from me it 's going to be a tough game they um The tricky thing about it is is we had them first up this year, and we were both sort of cold um because we didn 't have the best of pre seasons uh of San boston and um The, the, the other thing is that we 've got each other last game of this season and the, and the vast improvements Boston have made. As anyone can see in, in, in the entire league, is 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 impressive. So um, it's going to be a tough game, and um, you know we are well aware of uh, the threats they pose, and um, you know it's 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 going to be a challenge.
1: Well, you got Paul Emmerich in your team, and and I f- I found that against Old Blue, you used him at inside center and you used Petzl at outside center. And I think that, that is a very interesting way to. Use those two guys because that gives you an extremely powerful midfield. Talk us through your thinking in terms of that and also having having not having not played perhaps your strongest side against Old Blue and getting some getting some people some game run. How do you how do you see your half back fourteen fifteen and, and, and how do you see Emmerich fitting into the team
2: going into the Boston game without giving away the whole game plan obviously? Sure. Um, well, the past the past three games, actually with four games including Old Blue, is um, I've, I've been able to rotate some players. There was a forced rotation because two Osborne was being injured from um, after the Chicago Griffins game. He uh, pulled up with his hamstring, so I was forced into a change in that position. Luckily, Paul came to us uh, after that, so um, it wasn't too bad. And he was always going to obviously get some involvement anyway, so um, that was quite lucky. Um, he uh, yeah him and Steve went okay. At the, basically, I knew that I knew what the weather was going to be like in New York at, uh, last weekend. It was really testing conditions. Um, actually, something I'm you know I'm used to a lot obviously from from, from back in the UK. And uh, they just seemed you know the type of game I wanted to run. Obviously, to um, to get over the game line as quickly as possible and, and actually boil you know play some simple stuff really, but simple but effective. Those two guys obviously were the obvious choices to uh, to put in there and um and it worked and, and paul you know Paul provided a, a tremendous amount of go forward as you'd expect and um and, but it's it's still overall the game provided some frustrations not in, in in that instance, but um you know going back to Paul himself and, and, and how he fit in at the side he fit in well and, and I wanted him to play twelve i, I you know I, I gave an interview during that week um he, he you know he's, he's obviously a physical player um I wanted to use him in that channel I wanted to get you know. Get him over the gain line as soon as possible. He'll cause some damage, and um, and play around that. And uh, he didn't have a lot to think about, obviously doing that. Um, the moves were a lot simpler in that position, and it was it was effective. I mean, the the edge was took off because of the conditions. He wouldn't have, he didn't uh, necessarily show the flair that he that he has because of the conditions. But um, he did he did the job well that I asked him to. So um, it was you know it was, it was good.
0: Is that some kind of uh, test in a way when you have a new player come in? you want to test also to see how he takes on board the the game plan and your vision as coach i mean a little bit of um, you know Paul is a very well known player he's a high profile player, but you also want to see how he fits in with the team
2: no he um he, he fit in very well i mean he, you were talking about an experienced player here <clears throat> similar age to myself a similar professional experience to myself so um I, you know i know what kind of background he's come from and i know i don't necessarily know his limits but um i, I know what he's comfortable in doing and um he's in well i mean we we don't run a, a tremendously complex um game plan down here but it's, it's certainly not simple he, he's literally slotted in um so easily, you'd think he'd been at life for years, so, um, and I, I expected that, you know, he's obviously a quality player, and, um, you know, he'll, he'll continue to improve as he gets more game time with us, um, but the trouble is, I don't know how long that will be, because, um, you know, there's some more sevens, there's another round of sevens coming soon, so, um, we'll, you know, we'll see what decision he makes there. You also have some other players who've, who've
1: kind of stepped up to the plate in a big way, and, and I think that it, it's a big season for Phil Thiel as he's trying to solidify himself as a number one Eagle hooker and, and, and a new boy you got from, uh, from gridiron football, Chris Truss, has he fitting into the team? He he seemed to do quite well against us and Pat Danahy, another obviously football ter- um, convert. And then, and then you look at, and then you look at Ailer who, who, you know, people have given him a lot of crap over to, over the past few years, really, since two thousand and six two thousand and seven, but the couple times that i 've seen him he 's actually played quite well. He played really well against us last year at um, at the new york athletic club and he and he had a pretty good game, especially in the lineout against us this year and and then the last name that I want to bring up is is the guy that I feel is probably the most underrated. Forward in the, if not the Super League, definitely in the Eastern Conference. Chris Headley, and and how how are things going there? Because the the game is is going to be you are going to have to perform up front against Boston and dominate there, and then I, and and I think that um, you might have a little bit more firepower in the back line.
2: Yeah, no, you've 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 done right there, Bruce. You've detailed some some of our um, some of our you know. The five players there are the, the main reasons that we're in the position we are really um, the majority forwards which is, is not to my dislike um, yeah those guys they're uh, Phil well go from the start Phil Teal you know like I said the, the first time I was on the show with you guys you know it's a World Cup year for him and Pat Dannahey both in the, in the World Cup pool uh, and they've got a performance you know and, and they're under no illusions and I've told them as such uh, you know Eddie came down he's he watched uh, he's watched the game he watched the um I forgot which game he watched, actually. um... He watched
1: the the Boston game.
2: Oh, that's right, yes. And, um, you know, those guys didn't know he was there. But afterwards, I told look, guys, you you never know who's watching. And you've got to perform, you know, um, for the full 80 minutes every time you step on the pitch because you literally do not know who's going to turn up on a whim. And and it might not be Eddie. It might want to be one of his staff. You know, people on a phone. You never know what's happened to me in my career. You never know who's watching. So... And they they uh, they have big years, to, uh, you know, big seasons ahead of them still to finish before they uh, they enter that World Cup uh, period. So um, they are going well. They're improving. Um, Phil's going, you know, going very well. I'm actually rotating him between the hooker and the tight head slot, which I think what 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 the US side want. And then secondly, that the two the two football guys, Chris Truss and uh, Pat Danny. Chris, obviously, Pat's had a lot more experience in rugby um, compared to Chris. Uh, but both are going well. Pat's actually uh, coming into his own at this stage of the season, which which is which is excellent news for me. Chris is uh, is, is still very unpolished, uh, but he's he's made great strides for for someone who's played literally nine games of uh, of rugby football. It's, it's it's his acceleration of learning has been outstanding, and um, it's 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 only an encouraging sight really for uh, future years of life. Um, the other guy, Mark Ayler... Um, there's no hiding the fact Mark is, is our line out, main line out operator um, and organiser, and, and I want him to do that. I, I played with Mark last year as well, and you're right in saying that he, he does get a lot of stick from a lot of qu- quarters for various reasons. But Mark's problem is, uh, or the, the people who he plays with, or the management he has to play with, is you need to help, know how to manage him to get the best out of him. And I think, or I hope, um, that I'm doing that and um, allowing him to sort of flourish a little bit and taking the heat. Um, from certain quarters that he that he got in, in the past and might have distracted him a little bit from his game uh, and he's obviously uh, reaping the rewards there um, so you know and Christopher Headley, the last guy on your list there is exactly like, I'll just mirror what you said there Bruce it's, it's unbelievable how this guy has not had a uh, sniff of representative honours um, in fact I'll go as far to say that if, if Chris ever wanted the chances on professionally overseas I could certainly Get him something. Uh, get him something to go at over there, because the guy is an absolute revelation as far as I'm concerned. He's my type of player. A hard worker, does a lot of the unseen work, but sides will not function without guys like that in their side, and um, and and he is certainly one of those.
1: James, I, I Alex, I want to go. I want to go James, into something here. One one of the reasons that, besides the fact that uh, you know you, you, your kicking game dominated the hell out of us. One of the reasons that you that you defeated the AC this season early on <clears throat> was your restarts, and I know that restarts seem to be the the, the redheaded stepchild with bad grades of rugby in terms of <laughs> in terms of practicing and executing. But what you know, it's such a momentum. It's it, you either get one after you score, after they score or at the beginning of each half. And people don't realize that if you score five times a game, each team, there's 12 of those a game. That's about as many scrums as you have. That's about as many lineouts as you have. And one of the things you guys do, not only do you you claim your restarts, you get into the air, lifted, and claim your restarts. What sort of things do you do to make that happen? Because that just gives you that much more possession and puts the other team under that much more pressure. You guys score... You claim you restart. You blast it downfield. Next thing you know, it's like here we go again.
2: Sure, yeah, no, it's it, exactly right, Bruce. I mean, it's it's a restart. I mean, a lot of people forget that. It's um, it's 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 another. It's for me, it's 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 in the same bracket as a scrum or a lineout. Um, if you if you if you leave that alone and don't and don't rep it week in week out, and you don't practice it, and you fail in that area, then every time you score a try, you're just asking for trouble because the way the ball is kicked. If you don't reclaim, you you restart. You're looking at being in your own half by 15 meters, or 35 yards from your own line, and asking for trouble back in your own half. The opposition have the ball, so it's a massive area um, that needs to be worked on for any side. And and yes, I have I have worked on it. It's um, you know if you if you expect to score tries, which you know we do, then you're going to have to have um, some competency in that area. And um, I I've, I've repped it as I would any any um, any area of the game that we do down here, you know, handling drills, scrum line out, set piece moves and and kickoff receipts. I mean, it's, it's just part of that package. Um, So yeah, we have, we've done a little bit of work on it and um, it, it it did go well against, against the AC, uh, which was pleasing. Um, And it it has continued to do so in in some of the other games as well, but, you know, it's just part of of our game here. It's not, it's not the be all and end all. It's just a, a part of the package. And, you know, you know, certainly games aren't won and lost there, but, you know, across the whole spectrum of the game, you know, if if we continue to go like that, then uh, we won't be far away from sides.
0: James, you talked a little bit at uh, a recent game. After a recent game, we talked a little bit about that you had uh, wanted to see the the team take the shackles off a little bit, perhaps um, open up the game. And it it didn't work out too well. Um and and you you rein them back a little bit. Do you, do you feel like you have to do that, or do you feel like the, 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 the there's some kind of conventional wisdom? I, I subscribe to it pretty strongly, I guess. That teams that go through difficult a difficult season where they have to play a lot of defense, where they have to struggle a little bit, usually end up doing better in the playoffs than teams that just roll over everybody because they're they're. it it sort of keeps them honest to a a certain extent and so i wanted to know what what you feel like philosophically whether you'd like to see the team open up their game or you're perfectly happy with the way they're going right now
2: yeah i mean i think what i think you're talking about is maturity sides maturity and um you know at the beginning of the season i mean let's not forget we we lost seven senior players down here and we are as everyone knows thin on the ground we've been quite lucky with injuries and hopefully that will continue touchwood but um you know it's a big chunk of any squad to lose and 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 so we had to constrict ourselves we contracted our squad we, we constricted our uh, our mentality as such because we, we people we relied on weren't there anymore and um so i've had to you know start from the from the building blocks really start again and and the um the maturity of the side had to grow, and, and I think there aren't enough games in this in in a season of Super League, which you know obviously we we all have our concerns about to to grow a, a side quick quick enough to, um, to to deal with what you're talking about, and um, so I, I've gone back to a so a basic set or a basic tactical plan anyway, not not a t- um, team plan, but a tactical plan in many of my games, and hopefully. You know, trusted the lads when they play to grow that from there. You'll only grow by playing it and seeing what you can do, and probing sides, and believing in your own ability, and um, and and that has, has happened to a certain degree in the first three or three or four games. But like you say, that fourth game. Our third game against Chicago Lions, where uh, you know I gave him free. We did, had a great first half, and then I, I, and I sort of said, "Guys, right, okay, you, I think you're at the stage now where you can you can open up, and it's your call, and whatever you do on whichever area of the field." And it did. It, it didn't happen the way I, I planned it to or envisaged it to, and um, it was disappointing. But it was it was it was a minor setback, and we um, still ended up winning winning the game comfortably. But it was it was frustrating more than anything else. But I mean, you know, it's 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 very much a case of of one step back and two steps forward and um, you know the guys went on again the following weekend and, and, and made a lot of what went wrong right so uh, it's just a growing process and you know the maturity is coming and I thought the old blue game uh, last weekend was I, I said to the guys in the changing afterwards I thought you know that, that the maturity was definitely there and um, I was very impressed I, I'd you, it was probably one of the most impressive performances um, we'd had this season in, in many aspects so you're talking about maturity, and, and it is improving, and hopefully, it will continue to improve.
0: In linking with maturity, I will want to talk a little bit about the undergraduate team, the the college team at Life University, and how does the Super League team work with that program? Or Are you still finding your way with that? Especially, you you, you mentioned that you've got depth issues. And you, 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 what's going to happen in the future you, if if you lose a, a player here or a player there, going into looking ahead to next season, is there a direct link from the undergraduate team to the Super League team? Or is there a gap uh, often like a club has a high school team and, and those high schoolers go off to college, they go off somewhere, you may not see them for three
2: or four years, maybe they come back? Well, there, there, is, a, there is a forced gap um... Mainly because I wasn't aware of this, and neither was, was Dan, Dan Payne. Um, if you play for the collegiate side, sorry, if you play for the Super League side, you can always step down. No, sorry, excuse me. If you, if you play for the C, the collegiate side, you can always step up and play the Super League. But once you hit the field as a Super League player, you can't then go back down to champion to collegiate level. That's so, right. So. Yeah, a, which astounds me really because if guys aren't getting a game. And say, for instance, just like ourselves, a Super League, you know, squad is short of a player or two, injuries or whatever. You know, get that guy a game, and you know, it's it's only going to enhance development of players, development of players that are at the age that need developing. Um, on the whole, at collegiate level, so and for some strange reason, the collegiate uh, the, the powers that be at that at that collegiate level just just uh, you know disregarded that and of. You know, um, said no, we're not going to operate like that, and um, it's very frustrating because yes, there are players in our collegiate side who, and are not, you know, they've got a, a big squad of players down there. They're not getting a game, some of them, and we are, we could very well do with a few of those guys. And and you know, it can't happen because if they hit the field for, uh, for the Super League, and, and Dan gets a few injuries, then they can't step back down. So they're very, we're, we're ring fenced, so to speak, um, and and our hands are tied on the issue. But um we we mix i mean we would it's it's down here it's it's not a traditional sort of American rugby atmosphere, I think um in that you know in super league you have the more, one main team all around the country for the super league sides, but here it's sort of a traditional club atmosphere what I'm used to that we have many sides or we only have two but we had three last year, so we have multitudes of sides and people can intermix and we can train together and uh, it's it's a sort of a club environment that I'm used to. But unfortunately, we can't take advantage of that because of, of the rules that are in place. And it, it is frustrating because, you know, I, like I told you, in the last conversation I had with you, you know, uh, last time I was on the show, development in, in this country of players is key, and especially players at collegiate level. And, and you know, withholding them from playing possible uh, potential rugby games is just its mindless, really. I got a, I
1: got a quick question about the development of, of players at the collegiate level. How do you guys work with your Super League team and your collegiate team to develop those guys? Because you really do have, like, you got a spine of in your Super League team. You got a spine of excellence in Phil Teal, and I mean yourself obviously would have as good of as good a knowledge and set in set piece play as, as anyone. Then you got, you know, Pat Danny and Ehlers has got got Eagle um, Eagle background. And, and and you look and, and you say Brendan Thompson is he's a very class number nine, Pete Bird is a class ten, and and as a McMaster Aaron McMaster is a, is a class fifteen, and obviously Emmerich and and Osborne have been in the midfield of of the Eagles, and m two he's been in, the, in 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 the wing and fullback position, and then you look at you look at a guy like Steve Petzl, who was he was a hooker and he's also he's he's a great winger and and things that that you do with your team like the, the other the other telling aspect of the life team is that you can play a lot of different ways you're not limited to smash and bash rugby you could play a kicking game you could play a wider game and, and and you could also play the smash and bash game. And, and I think that you'd probably like to play a little bit more of an offload game than you do do. I, 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 you probably don't execute that to the level that you want to. But anyway, how do those guys work with the younger guys to help them to possibly think about the goal of becoming a national team player? That was a long-ass question.
2: No, it's, I got it. It's um... – yeah, we, we have we have got some some great resources here for for developing you know collegiate players, and um, we probably haven't used it um, as as we should have really, and really, you know, um, pulled more guys into to those training environments from the Super League to co- to coach those collegiate players. The main reason behind that is because you know all the Super League players that you see for life are studying to be doctors of chiropractic, so they're in school, you know, uh, ridiculous hours really, and um, the time they have. Um, to set aside for rugby is um is limited when i took over i said it was mandatory three sessions three training sessions a week on a, on an evening and um i had to uh <laughs> i had to you know uh, pull some put you know i had some major arguments trying to organise that and but uh, you know i was you know um it had to happen, and it uh, for, for how I wanted to play and um, the amount of stuff that we needed to do. It just had to happen. So, and guys eventually took to that, but I tell you, I had to jump through some hoops to get there. And um, yeah, and and that's the main, the only, literally the only time of the day which guys have free is that is taken up by Super League sessions. Saying that, guys do have uh, you know an hour for lunch or, or an hour and a half for lunch uh, most days, and that could be used to, to coach the, the collegiate side. Um, And I think that will happen in the future, um, most definitely. Um, But, um, you know, the the guys are hamstrung by the amount of workload they're they're taking on at school. And uh, I think a lot of guys, you know, outside of life sort of forget that. They they just think that we don't go to class and sort of train 24 hours a day. But... um, and, I'm, and that will happen in the future without a doubt. I mean, Dan Dan is um, Dan's got the guys out there. The, the undergraduate side, obviously, they have a lot less of, 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 a, of a class schedule, so they're out at different times to the Super League. We do have one joint session a week, and um, which we do do some joint work together, live scrums as such, and, and semi-opposed backline moves. But um, you know, in the future, that will definitely happen. And, and the guys you outlined in our side there, and um, the different skills that they that they have and, and can um, and can pass on. Um, That will undoubtedly happen. Uh, I mean, me me and Phil as hookers, we've already been out with the collegiate hookers and doing a few sessions. And Peter Burt's been out and and Asim and Master doing a few kicking sessions as well. Uh, I mean, that's just the the basics. But, yeah, I'm sure you'll see that happen in the future and it, it will flourish. It will flourish.
0: It's really a unique situation in the sense that you've got a college team that is specifically can be mentored by adults in who are playing who playing rugby in the same situation and and also <laughs> professionally are pursuing uh, you know a, a similar career path but are just a few years older
2: yes yes you're right and um it, it is it is and it, but you're talking about you know um for Dan when he had when he when he when this the collegiate side here was created, which was just this year really I mean there was remnants of the d one side, but you know he had to do a lot of a lot of building and he really did it from scratch to be fair to dan and um the basic the, the main thing he had to do was to get a side functioning that could play and to get individual players down from the super league and work on individual skills is only really a minor part of it it's an important part nevertheless but it's only it's really minor part the, the 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 main aspects that Dan had to nail down for that side was to get a to get a team functioning together, many many players that haven't had a lot, of, a lot of experience in the game, to get a team that's functioning, to get a game plan down, to get some basics of the game uh, nailed down uh, and how to operate within a team environment and, and nail down how Dan wanted to play in, in, uh, in that team environment and which tactics he wanted to play. And then Scott had to drag in the defensive side of things. So there was a lot of things that had to happen so a, collegiate, a life collegiate side could go out and compete. And um, they've done that tremendously, and in, in in from my point of view, from my personal point of view, in the time frame they have. But the, to drag individual Super League players down and work on, minor, you know, aspects that are very important but minor, are just are just tweaks. If you know what I mean? I mean they, they will happen and they will improve the side overall. But you're talking about minor pieces in the puzzle. But the, the, but Dan and and Scott they had to, they had to get the bulk of the work done, which they have done and. and and it will improve because of the input of Super League players in the future. I'm sure.
0: Do you have any issues with uh, with the role that the older players play with, with regard to the collegiate side? Is 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 it all one big happy family, or is it uh, like most families? Um, sometimes they get along, sometimes they don't. Uh,
2: no, no, there's, it's certainly not. It's, there's the, the, there was a there is a, um, a club env- a club atmosphere down here. But there is some natural rivalry between the two sides. I mean, we do in the squad scrimmage uh rarely but we do and uh there was some some feistiness to those occasions um and rightly so i mean these are these are young guys and they want to prove themselves and if nothing else they're physical they're physical and they want to do well in that in, in that regard and um and they give us a good game and we have some great training sessions um because of that and it, and it keeps us both sharp and we learn a lot off each other and that's a, that's a strength of life rugby the umbrella of life rugby as an organisation. I mean, we no one else in the country really has that to uh, to exploit. So, and we, we we you know we know that and we do that. Um, but there, yeah, there's a natural rivalry there, and um, you know, actually, more, more, many of the improvements have been made by by that rivalry. So, um, but you know, off the field, we're all friends. I mean, we all we all live together. Some of us on campus, and we all we all get on together very well. We all know which direction the club's going in, and when we're fully behind it, you know.
1: I, I've been trying to do a little bit of recruiting and I've been speaking to some of the university coaches and some of the guys I had been interested in are, are, um, they want to go to life. They want to go to life to, um, to become chiropractors <laughs> as, as you are. And, and I was, uh, I'm going to give you a little bit of an opportunity to sell life as a university and as a chiropractic school. And, um, why? Why would? Uh, why would you encourage someone to go down to life? And how do they go about it if they want to?
2: Well, first of all, if, if, they're in, if they are a rugby player, yes, rugby players. If, if, they, if they're interested in, in pursuing a career in chiropractic and, and want to get an education in life, the first port of call, obviously, is to, to Dan Payne as a rugby player. He will. He, he should arrange um uh, guys on the administration at, at life to to arrange a visit to bring them down maybe stay the night and spend a full day walking around the classrooms and seeing the facilities you know if, if they're interested in coming to life you know um and uh, a rugby player's contact Dan and he 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 you know he takes calls like this week in week out um he is very he take you know he's very interested in all calls he gets you know he's a very diligent guy of, of course and uh, he is the first port of call there and um and come down to the place. I mean, you know, a picture paints a thousand words. And once you get here, you know, and see the facilities, um, they are very good. You know, I'm very comfortable here. You know, uh, I love it here. Um, with regards to the chiropractic side of it, the things, I mean, they speak for themselves. I mean, we're, we're the number one in, in, in national board scores at the moment in the, in the U.S. and uh, the biggest chiropractic university in the world. So and um, and, and we constantly turn out chiropractors um who you know get jobs either immediately if, if not within six months and do it and still and do a great job and we have a great alumni fraternity because of that as well and it's just self-supporting and it really is an impressive um institution but um you really need to see it to believe it
1: you have another thing to sell life university is gonna has a rugby camp that um that you have for high school students
2: that's correct. Yes, that's correct.
1: Yes. Can you um, can you uh, can you talk to us a little bit about that and what that entails and how people can obviously talk to Dan Payne, I'm sure, but you know what I mean. Just give it a little bit
2: of a sales pitch. Sure. Yeah. There's a, there's a rugby camp operating uh, down here. Um, I think it's, it's it's over a weekend. I forget the dates. Excuse me. Um, I've got some other. Facts and figures in my mind, obviously, being at school here. But um, Dan is the main port of call, if you want to get interested in that. He's sending out literature and flyers to the four corners of the globe, as far as I can see. So it it won't be pretty hard to get in touch um, or find out what is going on with that regard. Many of the Super League players will be involved in that and we'll be, you know you know, forwarding our expertise I'll be there uh, Dan will be there I'm sure um, uh, Scott will be there if, if not he might be away in, in, with the U20s in Georgia but he might make an appearance um, obviously Paul Emmerich will be there um, Todd Clever was actually um, due to come down here last year but he's obviously um, away with the 7s now as well so I think he could not be here but all the Super League guys will be here because you know, we are obviously at school um, but we have a break, so we'll be on on call. That you know to to, to coach these uh, these these youngest you know young uh, rugby players, and um, I don't think personally that you'll get anywhere else in the US where the 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 standard of coaching. But Dan Payne yet again is the man to speak to.
0: It's uh, July twelfth to fifteenth, and if you want to get details, just go on to rugbymag dot com, and there is actually a ad for the Life University Camp which you can click on, and that will link you to. The information that you need to see, and i 'm um, actually looking at my my flyer from that uh, Dan sent me, so yes, he is sending them to everybody uh, <laughs> which is what his job is uh, exactly and and that gives you i 'm interested in that partly because the the camp itself is is great to expose the young players to the life university program just as as many other camps are, are successful in that but uh, do do you have some of the life players help out at the camp? Do they get involved in that, and and what do they get out of it?
2: Well, um, they are volunteers, really. All the Super League guys are asked to if they're interested in coaching in coaching kids. I mean, um, especially American guys, and we have some great American players here. Let's not forget, they are they want to help I and mean, I don't blame them I want to help young American players become better you know it's one of the main reasons mm-hmm. I'm here really and, and I enjoy to and all the other players enjoy doing that as well it's great to watch a young player um, develop um, especially at that level you know guys that you know, young, young kids that haven't played the sport at all some of them and, and to, to see you know people produce the skills that, you know, that that you've been used to for so so many a year. And, you know, it's it's a breath of fresh air, really. It's really impressive and it's, 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 you know, you need to be a part of it to really experience it. No matter what people think, we're not trying to, you know, Get people to life and encourage people to come to life. And life only—we're just trying to develop rugby players, and if it's and for it's for the benefit of the country. And anyone can come, and we we travel anywhere, all over the country, if we had the time and resources to to coach, you know, all over the place. But you know, that's simply not possible. But you know, it's it's all about developing players. And Dan has this very close to his heart. I have this very close to my heart. You know, we need to really start getting on board with developing young players in the US, because you know, everyone says it's a sleeping giant, and that's now a cliche, but. You know, we need to stop talking. We need to start acting, and um, the sooner that happens, the better. Really, I, I
1: think I, I think that's a that's definitely true. And I and I will say that the life camp absolutely is not to promote life university exclusively, because there were several people that Dan has really tried to get into the camp that he he was going to give scholarships to people who 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 were who didn't have a lot of money to go to the camp to get the experience of being down there and playing. And actually, he's even spoken to me about coming down and helping out with the camp. And now that my team's out of the playoffs, the birds are chirping. I'm The game must have passed me by, and I don't know anything anymore. <laughs> so, but we'll see. Possibly you'll see me down there too.
0: James, uh, seeing as Bruce brought up his uh... – his troubles in the Super League, and and, um, and 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 maybe maybe we can all work on some pointers to help him uh, uh, raise his coaching game a little bit later. Uh, looking at the Super League again, uh, let let's say that you do make it into the final of the Super League this year, and you are looking at still actually four teams could conceivably be the team that you play. San Francisco Golden Gate Old Puget Sound Utah Warriors or Denver Barbarians who would you like to play? San Francisco and why is that?
2: Um, because we've lost to them you know on so many occasions and you you know they have beaten us and rightly so and we want we want to Test ourselves against the best, and we want to write what was wrong in those games from our point of view. And um, they are—they are the—they are the be- were the better side for, on, on those two occasions. And we want to go out and prove that we we can beat them. And uh, that's for me. I mean, I go—I go straight to the heart of the issue on on a playing side of things. I mean, they are undoubtedly the team in, in the Western Conference. There's, there's there's no hiding that. You know, I'll, I'll call a spade a spade certainly. And and you know, we want to beat the best. You've got to beat the best to be champions, and they are the best. So it's San Francisco for me, without a doubt that 's perfect, totally
1: agree with him,
0: uh, James Isaacson. We really appreciate you taking the time and uh, coming uh, th- talking to us on the show um, Very interesting stuff that 's going on at life university and uh, as we said you 're going all the way from the high schoolers all the way up to the uh, senior super league players, and you have a uh, you have a, a playoff game coming up this weekend and we can't wish you good luck because we're impartial, but we can wish you a, a, a good and enjoyable and safe game, and we will do that. So, thanks very much for being on the show.
2: Thanks very much, guys. Lovely to speak to you.
1: Yeah, James, really appreciate it. As always, you're a, you're a tremendous guest, and um, good luck moving forward. And we will have your uh, we'll have your opposing coach on next week, I believe. <laughs> this will be
0: good. Sounds good to me.
1: Bruce uh James
0: Isaacson very smart rugby man and uh, a great interview
1: well the thing is James really knows rugby he understands he understands the culture of rugby he understands it top to bottom he he knows what it, it, as far as people really give foreigners a, a a rough shrift here there are a lot of great foreigners who've really come in and helped us and he is one who has done he's done a very good job with the life team i'll tell you that I mean the, the the team is playing very well. I think that they got they sorted out exactly what they really wanted out of that whole program. Scott loves the under twenties. He wants to be involved at the national level. Dan is passionate about collegiate rugby. He's done his men's time. He is while he loves men's rugby, it's not his thing. James is trying to be a chiropractor. He'll be finished, rel- you know. He'll be finished relatively soon. But he loves men's rugby, and he loves developing players who come through who have a little bit extra. So I think that they really got the mix right, and they can all work together and help each other. and I, And I think that that, in and of itself, is why they're program is is excellent it's quite good it really is quite good and and as he said they did have a bit of turnaround they 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 reloaded a bit but they had a they had a bit of turnaround and 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 their results have have stood for themselves and and it's a tribute to the way he coaches their team is really good their team is good they
0: sure are no
1: joke absolutely no argument from me all right bruce McLean. uh
0: thanks a lot and this is alex goff from RugbyMag.com and Rugby Magazine. Check out the new RugbyMag.com. we got some interesting things going on there. And thank you for listening. This is Rugger Matrix America.